Welcome to the Chicago Chi Alpha podcast. We continue our thermostat series, Galatians, A New Way to Live. This week we hear from our Columbia Chi Alpha staff member, Reverend Chandra Lucas. So tonight we're going to continue our series on the book of Galatians. Who's been here um, for the previous couple weeks? We've been talking through Galatians. Awesome. Week one was Luke and he shared um, a little bit about uh, um, trusting God and um, trusting what God has done for us over what we could do for ourselves or for God. Week two was Justin was in the house. Keep bringing the word last week. He talked about abandonment and um, freedom and justification. So we're kind of marching through this book of Galatians. This is week three, okay? So if you're taking notes, you could put week three um, at, the, at the top. We're talking about Galatians three. So how about that? It just kind of goes and it flows, all right? So tonight I have a message that the Lord has given me about faith. So chapter three is really all about faith. There's 23 verses in chapter three and the um, Apostle Paul mentions faith. 15 times in those 23 verses. And so this is like by faith, of faith, with faith, like over and over again, he's talking about faith. And so faith is the theme. So I'm going to talk about faith. But first I want to mention um, that throughout this series, we're trying, we're really wanting to touch on a major, major point. I call it the big deal of this series, okay? And I'm gonna give it to you right now, and you should have heard it the previous two weeks as well, um, but I will, we wanna make sure that we are going to like put this in front of you guys, because this is the big idea, the main point for the whole series, okay? And it's this, our faith in Jesus allows us to enjoy the new life of freedom and obedience by the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? Now I want you to pay attention to what it says here, that our faith, allows us, okay? Our faith allows us, all right? Now, I have um, a first grader. Our son, Ethan, is in first grade. And so there's a lot of stuff that comes with having a school-age kid that I was not prepared for. It's like 80 emails every day, all sorts of forms to fill out every week. You know, it's just a lot. Um, And so now, already this school year, there's been a couple times where I've had to fill out permission slips for Ethan to participate in different activities. He had a field trip. He's done some things after school. And so the, they need um, me to sign or, or Todd, you know, they need a parental guardian, a parent guardian <laughs> to sign a permission slip so that he can participate. And when I sign that permission slip and I put it in Ethan's hand, he now has my permission to do the thing that he would otherwise not be able to do without my permission, right? Here's what I'm getting at. It's our faith that allows us to enjoy that new life of freedom and obedience. God doesn't work in our lives unless we give him permission to do it. And our faith is like a permission slip that we sign and we put it in God's hand. But here's the deal, the difference between the permission slip that I have to sign for my son Ethan and the one that we give that we give to God is this. Ethan's permission slip has all the details, like overly detailed about what's going to happen, what time, how we getting there, what is all involved. Here's, do you have allergies? You know, there's like all kinds of stuff on that permission slip. But the permission slip of faith says, here God, I'm signing this and ain't nothing printed on it. It's blank but I'm going to sign my name at the bottom because I'm giving you permission to do things your way even before I see what it's going to be, right? 
And so it's like signing a blank permission slip, a piece of paper, uh, trusting that God's promises are going to come through and be fulfilled and come to pass no matter what God, how God chooses to do it, right? Our faith gives God permission really to just be God, to give us the things that as God, he, so, he, he wants us to have, whether it is joy or peace in our hearts or whatever it is, the experience, the new life of freedom, the power of the Holy Spirit, all these things. We give God permission by faith to do these things in our lives. And when we don't live by faith, it's like saying, God, I'm not, I'm not going to allow you to fulfill your promises in my life because I want to be in control. If you, listen, if you want to have freedom, you want to have obedience, you want to have all these things in your life, all the blessings that God is waiting to give you in your life, you have to relinquish control, right? And you have to want that, you have to want that, that freedom more than you want to be in control. You have to want the, to be an obedient servant of God more than you want to be in control, right? Just you can fill in the blank. You have to want these things that are good, that are from God in your life more than you want to just maintain that sense of control and security in your life, right? Some people, some folks in here probably right now, right? Like you, you're struggling to grow in your faith because you refuse to relinquish that control of your entire life uh, to Jesus, right? To have faith in his word and his ways and his plans for your life, right? Don't raise your hand. It's not a survey. <laughs> um, but I think some people think that faith in Jesus is about like conjuring up some kind of spirituality for yourself, right? Or having a certain level of Bible knowledge or, you know, whatever. But no, no, no. Faith is about letting go of control and giving God permission to be God, right? And we're going to read from Galatians, right? And there's these Jewish Christians that Paul is writing to, and what they want is to be justified by God by, the, by their works, because that way they can be in control, right? That living according to the law and getting every, behaving and doing everything right was something that they could control. But living according to faith means that God is in control, and that can be scary, but it leads to a lot of good things that we're going to talk about here in the time that I have left, all right? I believe that God is speaking to someone in here already in this room, just whispering to your heart, telling you that it's time to lose control. <laughs> not to be wild, that's not what I mean, but to give God permission to be God in your life, that's all. When Ethan wants to go to, you know, on a field trip or wherever, he needs my permission, and the only thing that will work to give him that permission is for me to sign that permission slip. That's it. They won't, the teacher won't accept like me sending a voice memo on Ethan's phone. He don't have a phone, but you know, he's in first grade. But you know, like it has, I, that's the only thing that will work. And when it comes to our faith in God, right, our life in Christ, the only thing that makes it work is faith. It's the only thing that will work. And that's my main point tonight. If you're taking notes and maybe you have like, you, you have like, um, wrist fatigue and you can only write down one thing tonight, write this one thing down, okay? Choosing to live by faith works. All right? It's a little bit of a play on words because I like to do things like that, but choosing to live by faith works, okay? It's the only way that it can work, all right? 
It's not about how we behave. It's about how we believe. And so we're going to read Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. I'll give you a little context. I'm sure you had some in the previous weeks. But Paul's writing this letter to this group of churches in Galatia. And um, he's really writing in response to the fact that there's some folks coming in trying to um, disrupt and, and, and uh, pervert, I guess, what he had preached to them, that they are justified before God by their faith. But folks are coming in trying to tell them, no, 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 you got to be circumcised. You got to become Jewish. You have to have that mark in your flesh in order to, that's a really specific thing he's addressing, but he uses it as an opportunity to drop some like really um, overarching just truth bombs throughout the book of Galatia, uh, Galatians. Um, and so we are going to read some of those truth bombs, okay? Verses one through nine. Um, Galatians chapter three, one through nine. Here it is. It says, oh, foolish Galatians. Great start. Who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Do you suffer did you suffer so many things in vain, if, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, those are the non-Jewish folk, by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Let me say a prayer. Father, we love you and we love your word tonight. We pray that you would bless our time together. Lord, that you would um, help me to articulate these truths, Lord. I pray that, you know, I know, God, that though I have, I have the mic in my hand, the power is in your hands, God. And so I just pray tonight that you would work and um, that you would speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so choosing to live by faith works. And I'm going to give you three quick points here that can help us to kind of understand how and why living by faith works okay the first one is this living by faith is wise it is wise to live by faith in those first few verses paul calls the galatians foolish twice in the span of two and a half verses right there's even a translation that translates this as oh you dear idiots of galatia <laughs> um it's really in there on the bible app if you can find it. i think it's like the phillips something or other anyway so but he's calling he's not he's not saying like they're like they're morally or mentally deficient he's actually saying the the word here i'm going to give you i'm going to do like a moment of teaching okay the word for foolish here is anoitos i'm probably not saying that right but it means not thinking properly he's not saying they can't think he's saying they're just thinking wrong wrong. Does that make sense? So he's like, y'all are thinking about this all wrong. And so he's he wants to help them to have a right understanding of what the truth is when it comes to the gospel and what Jesus has done. So when we are thinking properly about God, 
about who he is, what he's done for us, what he's promised us he, he will do for us, the most reasonable step to take then is a step of faith in those things, right? So what is faith? I'm going to give you some definitions. I went to the Holy um, Webster Dictionary and found some definitions for, for us of the, of the word faith. The first one is confidence or trust in a person or thing, okay? So when it comes to God, I've heard people call it Godfidence. You guys heard that word before? Like Godfidence? Where you, you, you know, you put your full trust in God. You give God that full permission, okay? Also, another definition, belief that is not based on proof. How about that? If you're waiting on proof, you're going to be waiting a long, long time, okay? My experience has been that a heart that is seeking after proof is really a heart that's seeking after an excuse to not have faith in a certain, in a certain situation, right? Faith is about believing before you see the miracle, before the bank account is right, before the family situation and straighten out, right? Like that's what faith is. And then look at Webster. He even has this, the trust in God and in his promises as made through Christ and the scriptures by which humans are justified or saved. It's in the Webster's dictionary. Webster got it. You know, he knows what's up. So <laughs> Paul says that it's before your eyes that Jesus was publicly portrayed as crucified. So they didn't see Jesus be crucified, but they heard Paul preach that message of Jesus' crucifixion so clearly and powerfully that it was almost as if they had seen it with their own eyes, right? And Paul saw them receive the Holy Spirit after he preached that message to them. And now he's asking them, he's like, I was here, I witnessed it, I preached it to you. And he's almost in shock writing this and like, what now? Like, I can't even believe did you guys think that all this happened because of something that you did? It's basically his attitude in this letter. Like, he's like, I can't believe it. <laughs> like, that I would do all that and say all that, and this is what the, the conclusion they've come to. He's like, is this because of your good behavior or because of your decision to believe? Okay, let me interrupt the broadcast real quick and just say, faith is a decision that you make. Okay, it is a choice that you living by faith is something that we choose to do, right? Hence the main point, choosing to live by faith works, okay? And I've been through my share of, you know, bless you. Um, I've been through my share of like difficult seasons uh, in my life, some of them even fairly recent. And I know firsthand that when your faith is tested, and it will be tested. And when that happens, um, you will have to make a choice to have faith. I remember, I have moments, memories uh, seared in my mind of feeling so, really feeling helpless, feeling feeling so almost depressed and just, just anxiety like, like crazy, right? And just saying to God, I, this looks bad, but I'm going to choose to have faith. Right. And it really was sometimes the only thing really that worked <laughs> to get me through those troubling moments. Right. The, to, to say, even though I don't look right, I'm going to choose to have faith in order to be justified by works. You got to do all the things right. The Bible says you break one law, you broke all the laws and you got some blood has to be shed to to um, cover your sin. Right. But God in his mercy, the Bible says, Romans five, he says that in his mercy, God at the right time time while we were weak he died for us while we were still sinners he died for us right and and sinners that's me and you okay um 
and that he demonstrated his love to us for that. And so we've been saved by grace through faith. I'm sure you've heard that before. And it was Jesus' blood that was shed. And that's what justifies us and makes us right with God. So given all of that information, it is the wise choice to live by faith. And it would be unwise or foolish to live by works. Okay. Back to our regular schedule program. Okay. So Paul is asking, is your experience in the Holy Spirit, has that been because of your good behavior or because of your faith? Which is it? Because it has to be one or the other. And you have to make a choice of which one it's going to be because your choices of between faith and works is going to be the thing that governs your entire life. If you, every decision you make, everything you do will be based on whether or not you think you're doing it to earn something or you're doing it as an expression of a faith that exists in your heart for God to do it and move on your behalf, okay? But for Paul, it really is a rhetorical question because he makes it real clear that faith is the wise choice. I have a quote here from Martin Luther that says this. It says, faith in God constitutes the highest worship, the prime duty, the first obedience, and the foremost sacrifice. Without faith, God forfeits his glory, wisdom, truth, and mercy in us. The first duty of man is to believe in God and to honor him with his faith. Faith is truly the height of wisdom, the right kind of righteousness, the only real religion. Faith says to God, I believe what you say. Faith truly is the height of wisdom. If you know Proverbs 9, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Well, I think what Martin Luther is saying that the, the fear of the Lord can be the beginning of wisdom, but if that fear doesn't lead to faith, then it's off or not, right? Our fear of God needs to lead us to a faith in God, a faith that says, God, I believe what you say, even if it doesn't look right, even if the paper, uh, the permission slip is blank. All right, second point. So the first one was living by faith is wise. Number two, living by faith is right. Okay, living by faith is right. Verses five and six, at the end there, he says that um, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, okay? First of all, Paul, he repeats a question here. I didn't read it, but he repeats his question about is it works or is it faith, right? He keeps at it with that, with um, posing that question, but he, and he lays out that choice, okay? But he's talking about Abraham and he says, um, that Abraham's faith was counted to him as righteousness, okay? And God did that. He lays that out, um, that God did that, okay? Now, among these Galatians, um, these Christians, the, the push towards a works-based relationship with God was coming from these outsiders who were trying to claim, you know, the whole circumcision thing, and right? And they all claimed Abraham as like their spiritual father. And so that's why Paul is now going to use Abraham to explain this truth here, right? Um, and so he's quoting that quote that, that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. It's from Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. 
and there's a pro tip for you get a bible that like shows you cross references so you can like go back and see it'll help you to understand um the just the the larger arc of god's story anyway so that's what it says in, in genesis 15 6 abraham believed god it was counted to him as righteousness okay um and i want to go to romans 4 it's gonna. It's kind of a cousin pat, uh, chapter, Romans four, Galatians three, where Paul is writing more about Abraham, and I'm gonna read this little passage for us here. It says, "No, this is about Abraham, right? When God promised him that he would be blessed, um, he would be the father of many nations, and and that the nations would be blessed through him." Okay, let me read this. It says. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew, he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That's why faith was his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead, Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Abraham believed God. God gave him credit for his faith. He credited it to him as if it was like a bank account. He credited it to him as righteousness before Abraham had done anything righteous. Anybody ever get credit for doing something that you actually didn't do? Like even growing up, like your mom might be like, hey, thanks for mopping the floor or something like that. But you didn't do it. But you were like, you're welcome, you know, or like or the opposite, like or you have you seen somebody else take credit for something that they didn't do. Right. Oh, everybody's like, yeah, they be doing that. OK, uh, I personally feel that way about this is kind of weird, but about greeting cards. I feel like if I give someone a greeting card that has like words in it that I'm like stealing and I'm like taking credit for the other person, the person who wrote it. Anyway, it's a weird thing about me. You rarely get a greeting card from me. I buy blank ones and just write my real words in it. I feel like it's like plagiarism. Anyway. So before Abraham had done anything for God, God considered him righteous simply because he would believed in God's promise. And listen now, because he had that righteousness credited to his account. Abraham lived from an identity of righteousness because righteousness imputed leads to righteousness imparted. That, and I'm going to let you know in case that might be confusing. To impute means to assign something in terms of the value of a thing or the worth of a thing. And to impart means to express something, okay? And reminder that Paul said this isn't just for Abraham, this is for us too, right? So when God assigns us his righteousness because of our faith, we begin to <clears throat> express that righteousness by our works because that righteousness is now our identity, that's why your faith sets you free to do good works. In James chapter one, where he says, faith without works is dead. You may have heard that verse before. This is the proof of it because your faith reflects the righteousness that God has bestowed on you. And when you embrace that righteousness as your identity in Christ, it sets you free to live it out. I hope that makes sense. So you're not working um, you know, in order to be free, you're working because you are free, right? You're not working to prove your faith. You're working to express your faith. Everybody, everybody good? Okay. All right. 
If God counted Abraham as righteous, then that's how Abraham should count himself, right? And it works for us. If God counts us righteous because we, we have faith in God, we live by faith, then that's how we should count ourselves as righteous, okay? Another Martin Luther quote. I'm just going to ring Martin Luther dry tonight. Martin Luther said, two things make for Christian righteousness. Faith in Christ, which is a gift of God, and God's acceptance of this imperfect faith of ours for perfect righteousness. Isn't that amazing that God would accept our imperfect faith and in exchange give us a perfect righteousness? I recently, um, I've actually been reading through the book of Romans in my own devotional time, and I wrote this in my journal. I was just like going through my journal, and I wrote this down. I want to share it. It says, this is what I wrote after reading like Romans chapter four, I think. It says, it's not what I do, but what, um, but what governs what I do that makes me righteous before God. Am I doing it by faith, or am I doing it to win God's or someone else's favor? It's not what I do, but it's what governs what I do. It's the motive behind what I do that will make me righteous before God. God, um, Abraham gave God a permission slip to fulfill his promise in whatever way he wanted to. And there were some bumps along the way, but he had given him that permission and we should take note and do the same. All right, one more real quick, living by faith. Okay, so we have living by faith is wise, living by faith is right, and living by faith is blessed. All right. Verses seven through 10. So, see. I just want to read what's necessary. So, verse eight, I'll start verse eight. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you all shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed, along with Abraham, the man of faith. So these um, Galatians were being confused into thinking that if they didn't come under the law of Moses, that God would not bless them, right? But that was a lie, okay? So the lie is that you got to work your way to earn God's blessing, but it's not true. God wants to bless you. God is ready, and he's like, his blessing in your life is like locked and loaded, and it's your faith that pulls that trigger to like get that thing started, get that blessing flowing in your direction, okay? And what is that blessing that's talking about? The blessing of Abraham. It says those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham. What's that blessing? Well, first of all, the word that's used there for blessed is a Greek word that is, again, my pronunciation is what it is, but it's eulageo, okay? I don't have it on the screen, but it means divine favor, okay? That's what that means. It says they're blessed along with Abraham. They have divine favor. Now, here's the thing. It's the same word that is used when Jesus is headed into Jerusalem on a donkey and it's Palm Sunday and people are waving the palm branches and they're putting them down, you know, so, so that he can go over them and everything. And they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. It's the same word that they use there that Paul is using here to say that it's those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, okay? When they shouted that to Jesus, uh, 
they were saying that Jesus had a divine favor over his life, okay? And, and, and God is saying that to us, I believe, even here tonight, that there's a divine favor that God has for you. Blessed are you when you live by faith. That's what Paul is saying, just like Jesus was blessed, okay? Paul is saying that faith leads to favor. So when they shouted that to Jesus, he wasn't like headed into some glorious, like favorable situation for everybody watching, right? He was about to be humiliated and beaten and spit on and tortured and sentenced to death on a cross after, you know, a ridiculous <clears throat> setup trial. But even though it didn't look good, God's divine favor was upon him to come out of that situation vindicated and victorious, not for his own sake, only, but for the sake of everyone else who would follow him by faith. That's the kind of blessing that God has for the sons and daughters of faith. Divine favor that even when it doesn't look good, even when you're headed into Jerusalem, when, you, when things are looking really, really bad, it is good because you have faith to believe for it. Faith that overcomes temptation, faith that overcomes insecurity, anxiety and depression, faith that overcomes whatever, faith that bears fruit in times where it may seem like a dry season for you. Faith that says, I'm going to worship God even in the midst of this trial, even in the midst of whatever might be happening in my life. That's the, that's the power of faith for you, okay? That faith is, is blessed. It's a blessing. There's a divine favor that God will give you. Um, we're going to, I'm going to invite the worship team to come because I just want to have a moment to respond to God. And um, I want to do something that's kind of symbolic, you know, um, that I feel can just be like um, maybe a first step here in this season of our lives to step out in faith um, to do something to just acknowledge that. And I think we're going to get some paper. No? You got some paper? So everybody's going to get a sheet of paper. And if you have a pen, you can break that out. Um, and so what we're going to do when the paper makes its way around, if folks can help pass out the paper, um, I want to do something just to represent this idea of giving God permission in our lives to just be God and to do what he wants and to put our faith in him even before we know or understand what's next or what it's going to look like or how he's going to fulfill the promise because faith is going to work in our lives even when we don't understand why. Um, faith is wise. Faith is right. Makes us right before God. Makes us righteous. And faith is blessed. Choosing to live by faith works. So when you get your piece of paper, here's all we're going to do, okay? Two steps, okay? At the bottom of that paper, I want you to write an X. Just a small X. And I want you to sign your name. That's it. That's step one, though. Okay? Sign the paper. Write an X, sign the paper. And once you've done that, I want you to stand up. If your name is, if your signature's on your paper, I want you to stand. And here's what we're going to do. This is just symbolic, okay? To say, God, I am going to give you permission to be God. I'm going to give you permission to work in my life. 
My faith is going to act as the permission slip for you to do whatever it is that you want to do to fulfill your promises in my life. I'm going to give up control of trying to make things happen my way. And I'm going to say, God, it's your way or no way, because faith is the only way that this thing works. Okay. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to just raise this up in the air. Okay. We're just going to. You know, raise it like you want God to pick yours first, you know. <laughs> and I just want us to pray. I'm going to pray, but I want you to pray. I want you to pray a prayer of just surrendering this to God and saying, God, I want to be a, a, a man or a woman of faith, a person who chooses to live by faith even when things don't look right, all right? So pray with me, but I want to hear your voices pray too, okay? Father, tonight in this room, in this basement, in the heart of Chicago, we are here tonight, God, to offer up ourselves to you, to offer up our faith, to take a step of faith to say that we want to be your people of faith. We want to be the people of faith who are blessed along with Abraham, who receive the righteousness that is credited to us because we believe, not because we behave and do all the things that we're supposed to do, but that we believe and we have faith in you, the only one that can do any and everything that we desire and the things that we need, Lord. And so tonight we give these things to you. And we say, Lord, have your way. We say, God, strengthen our faith where it is weak. God, turn, make our perspective the perspective that you have about our situation. God, we don't see any, there's nothing written on the permission slip. We don't know what it is, but we're choosing to say, God, we believe tonight. We believe. We believe in your promises. We believe in your word. We believe in the power of your Holy Spirit to take us from where we are to where you want us to be in every area of our lives. Lord, if there's people in here who are struggling with addiction, who are struggling with, with uh, depression, or whatever struggles might be represented in this room, God, I pray that they would take a step of faith towards you, Lord, that would set them free to enjoy that life of freedom and obedience in Jesus' name. Lord, may you be glorified. May every name written on this card be a name that is written in heaven, that is written to say that, that, that we are going to be people who serve God, who love God, who love the church, who love each other, who live by faith, because that is what you've called us to do. And that is the only thing that will make this work. Everything else is futile. And so tonight, God, we pray you be glorified in all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from our thermostat series, Galatians, A New Way to Live. We pray that you were encouraged as we'll continue to learn how our faith in Jesus allows us to enjoy a new life of freedom and obedience by the power of the Holy Spirit. Tune into next week's episode as we look into chapter 4.